So my podcast this afternoon is with Jim Bennett. I've known Jim since we were little kids growing up in uh, Frankfurt Square. And uh, Jim was a guy that went to Catholic school his entire uh, you know, school uh, you know, time when we were kids. So I was looking to meet him through uh, Roman or P.J. McGrath. Yeah. And he never had done for him. So uh, always a good guy. Took my boys in to the grappling uh, or yoga for grappling grapplers and uh, they dug it, which I was surprised about because they were you know, 16 at the time and they didn't dig anything that I decided to for. And uh, they thought it was pretty cool. And I'll tell you what, the thing that I get from you, Jim, is that you like exhume this peaceful, calm, like, I just see it. I feel like, man, <laughs> calm. Like, well, hopefully, you know, hopefully the yoga does something, you know. Yeah, no, I see it. I'm telling you. You always got to have a, you know, a good disposition anyway, but really, really, you know, like, uh, was impressed with that. I went to that yoga class, and I just hung out and watched it, and I came away with everybody that I know that is getting older, in their 40s, they should do yoga, because everybody loses that, like, agility, the balance, the thing. I mean, most people start with no athleticism at all, and then they lose what little that they have, and they, they can't do normal things where... The positions you were going into, and this was just the yoga for grapplers. I'm sure there's better classes for beginners and stuff like that. Yeah, it was it was toned down a little bit, um, but you know, they're they're the people in that class were definitely you know athletes and right. um, had a lot of physical ability. So I, I, I did make it a little more challenging than I would make a normal kind of level one or intro to yoga class. Like it, it, I made it a little challenging. Right. right. And you you always you know as a teacher, that kind of teacher, you always you know you teach to the crew who's there. So I, I was gauging as we went on how much people can handle and how much they can comprehend and things like this. Right, right. Uh, now, how, like, you were a guy that, the yoga for grapplers is because you're a guy who wrestled d during grammar school and mm -hmm. high school and a year in college, but how did you, yoga, where did that come from? I mean, you were a Catholic school guy, or the parents rooted out by the fact that it's kind of got a religious background sort of deal to it and everything else? Sure. Well, uh, yeah, there's, um, it's associated with Hinduism because it comes from India and there is some crossover. It's not technically a religion, but yeah, but there's some crossover, I guess, because it comes from India and from a very long time ago. Right. Um, but going back to Haga and, and to yoga in the first place, uh, as you said, I wrestled in grade school, high school, a year in college, and, um, you know, by my, by my mid-twenties, I was kind of sick of feeling beat up all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I was kind of so, and you know, when I wasn't wrestling, I was lifting weights, and um, yeah, I was just I was tired of feeling beat up and sore all the time. So I was looking for something else, and um, a friend about mine I used to wrestle with was going through physical therapy school at the time. So he uh, and I had some low back pain, so he did some tests on me, some kind of flexibility and mobility tests, and he's like, "Dude, you're really stiff for our age." I think I was 25 at the time. It's like, you're really stiff, right? You should do some uh, some stretching, maybe go to some yoga or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I was already living in, in, in Chicago, in downtown Chicago, and I had, you know, passed by a few places where I lived that had some yoga classes. So I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me check this out. So I remember the, f the first class I went to, it was a, just an intro to yoga class. There were like five people there. Um, pretty, really basic stuff. And I remember leaving that class feeling like a million bucks. I'm like, man, I feel so good. That's, yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, so, the and I'll tell you what, my boys, when they started wrestling, I started seeing all these guys 
that wrestled since they were six years old. Also, that's when I started my sons. And they wrestled all the way through college. I started to think to myself, I want my guys to like the sport. I want my guys to be good and have success at the sport. I don't know if I want them to be that good because these guys are all like wobbling around and like they're in bad shape. Like it's a beating they're throwing on their body. And I gotta think that if you, you know, did something for hip mobility and stuff like that, that you'd maybe mm-hmm. be doing a little bit better. Like, you oh could, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it takes a toll on your body, man. Especially, especially when you wrestle in college. You know, I wrestled like, you know, like you said one year in college, and um, it was enough because at, at you know it was a it was a junior college, but they were national champions in junior college, so they were like good wrestlers. And I saw at that level if. If you got, if you want to make it in college wrestling at a high level, you you need to give up your body. Like all my friends who wrestled through college had at least one surgery. You, most of them had multiple surgeries: knees, right. shoulders, uh, and some necks, and some, some on their back. You know, so it wow. it takes a toll on your body, just like any high level athlete. You know, in in, in the university. So um, that's one reason I didn't make. It. I I think I wasn't willing to. I didn't have that level of intensity where I was going to give it everything, you know, including, including your body. So I think that's why I didn't last in college wrestling too long. Um, but, but I, and I do see if, and this is why I started yoga for grapplers, if grapplers and people in that kind of, and jujitsu, which is what I do now, if they incorporate some of the things I've learned in yoga, I, I do believe they would have less injuries. I'm not, I don't try to convince people that you'll be a better wrestler directly from yoga and some certain things in yoga but i do believe they'll be able to train more because they'll be injured less i think my guys liked it because it seemed like a workout that was just made them think differently about the way that they i mean i'm sure it gives you some body awareness as to where you're at a lot of awareness yeah and then balance is huge for a wrestler too but we we didn't show up for that we should i showed up just so that they would maybe incorporate like i thought the breathing stuff was was pretty darn cool and everything else Mm -hmm. and you know they were told that when they were little guys like uh um there's like a meditation part of yoga also they were like uh, you know there were a couple little guys and they were little that came at them and like uh you know were hollering and and like and i'm like this is what you do you have to weather that storm and then he's yours just get through that without anything points being scored and he's going to be played out completely so you never like the first time they ran into a guy that was like you know blitzkrieging and we're, we're, you know coming at him like a madman they 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 thought maybe that was a way to they're like no 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 you never want to pace yourself you own him in the third period sort of thing like that i go when you get a guy and after they started getting guys like that later on they're like this is it's so easy now because he's going to be done you yeah know? yeah right yeah, the, when you, you mentioned the breathing earlier, you know, it's funny, the next Yoga for Grapplers Summit I'm having um, later this month is on breathing. Um, we'll do some, some movements soon, some postures, but it's going to emphasize breathing. Um, one reason why I started Yoga for Grapplers was because, you know, my mutual friend, Sean Bermet, who's the coach of the University of Michigan, right. he asked me about, he's like, hey, you know, I, I'd like to get some of my guys to learn how to breathe better. Do you do, you do that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's one of the things I'm known for is, like, making people... You know, kind of go back to an old school approach where breathing was much more emphasized in yoga, and and for sure meditation. You know, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But yoga really began thousands of years ago as more of a meditative, as a pretty strictly meditative tradition, and it's changed something much different these days. 
there's so much to it. Like I, there, there's some really odd stuff too. Like I, mean, I saw a guy that was like, um, he was fishing, like a thread or, or like rope through his nose, and and the whole thing was that he was totally relaxing, like the gag reflex, and everything. like, and they, I've seen the things that you could do with your abs. It's crazy. I mean, you're literally firing like one ab muscle at a time. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's impressive. The right muscular control. Like, my boys just started lifting weights uh, just a couple of years ago, and I'm like, listen, you're not just picking up the weight. You need to focus if you're gonna do bench press. You need to focus on the muscle groups that are doing the bench press. You need mm-hmm. to think about your biceps when you're doing curls. Like, the, you know, it, it's a mental exercise too. And then for me, when I got injured. Boy, there was a lot like I had to really think about to get things to even work at all. Yeah, sure. Um, and it was like really strange to focus so hard on picking up a five-pound dumbbell and stuff like that when I, you know, was picking up heavy weights before I got injured. But so the mental part of the yoga was something that I would hope my boys would, you know, pick up on that you really got it's like focus, you know. So that's for sure. Right. It's a- Mental focus is a bigger part of yoga than physical postures and movements. Uh, like I said, yoga has changed a lot these days to what it used to, from where it used to be. But originally, it was much more, much more meditative practice, much more about focusing your mind uh, for extended periods of time and incorporating some breathing, and then um, a, a little bit here and there, some different postures. But throughout the years, I think I think because it's actually it's just so difficult for people to do that, especially these days, to focus their mind for a long period of time. Sure. To control the breath, that um, that gets left out of most yoga classes, unfortunately, these days. Duh, really? Oh yeah. So I mean, I would figure that it's got to be something like uh, like the martial arts stuff, where you get a lot of crackpots that are not qualified. But oh boy, don't get me. St- maybe you should get me started. Because- no, I think that's a good topic because you know somebody might go out there and because like okay, so I don't have any experience in it myself, but. Just from my vantage point, I could see a one class I sat through. I could totally see like the advantages of somebody doing this. Like, I I really walked away from it thinking that anybody that was getting older in years. I, I don't know how old how old of people have you had in your in your classes. Like, oh, in their seventies. Seventies, right? right, right. It's, so, not, it's not uncommon for someone in their seventies being being class. Right, because it's it's not an impact situation. It's right. not not doing a lot of damage. Uh, so, I mean, I thought it was spectacular. I'm positive that I would definitely be looking into some yoga classes at my age, you know, now. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, there's there's that aspect, and then I think that people that, like you were saying, nowadays, there's so much going on, there's so much distraction. You got your phone, you got, you know, the internet constantly, you got every goofy thing on the boob tube that you could do and everything else, plus your job, your family. To take a mental break, from it and only focus on you know just we're animals and like if you got a, a tiger in the zoo they give him things to try and solve so he can use his brain in a different way mm-hmm. or they go crazy so um, people need that sort of thing I think it makes people probably more mentally balanced to oh yeah for sure right I mean, yeah physical and mental balance for sure is is something that should be um, something yoga should produce more than anything else almost Right, right, right. In, a which, lot, in a lot of different ways, actually. Which is, is, is probably, in the long run, more helpful than stuff like, you know, uh, look in the mirror at the gym at LA Fitness all day yeah. long, where, I mean, and then you're gaining some 
strength, uh, especially in like odd positions and stuff like that. So like the strength is functional strength versus I just have really good peaks on my biceps and stuff like that. You yeah, know hopefully, I mean? hopefully. I mean, uh, you know, the, the yoga world is it's it's become quite a, quite a big business. So when when people say to me sometimes, oh, I should I should practice yoga, right? I think so, but I think you need to be. I actually mentioned this on one of the comments on the Facebook post. Yeah, I'm gonna read those in a little bit here. But I think I, I'm. I think that when people go to a yoga class, they need to be picky about where they go and who they go to oh, to learn from. Right. Yoga is a. It's something like a two billion dollar industry a year worldwide. It's a. It's a big business, and um, a lot of that business is from studios and gyms running what's called teacher trainings where they, you know, train someone to be a yoga teacher. Right. And unfortunately, because it's it's a moneymaker, they charge a lot of money for this. Mm -hmm. We do one too. Well, I think ours is a little bit different, but um, because it's a big moneymaker, a lot of studios and gyms and other facilities <coughs> uh, try to do as many as they can as quickly as they can. Sure. And there's no, there's, there's one, um, there's actually, there's no governing body that governs who should be a yoga teacher and who shouldn't. Right. And of course that could be good and bad. Um, but part of that is there are some yoga teachers that get trained in, a, in a one month. And some of them have never practiced yoga before, believe it or not. Now, think, about, think, about, think about a wrestling coach. Yeah. If you want to be a you know a top notch wrestling coach, you need to you need to know a lot about wrestling. Mm -hmm. You don't just show up mm -hmm. and learn wrestling in a month, you know. Right, right, right. Um, so, but unfortunately, some people learn how to teach yoga in a month or two months or three months. Our, the way we train is, uh, we have, ours is a year long, and we have higher standards that people need to have before they even come into them. Um, as a result, it's probably not the best business model for our yoga studio because we make less money, but we feel better about what we produce, what we will be, the teachers we train. So, so I think there's a lot of. Yeah, I think you need to be careful what yoga classes you go to because if you go to a class with a teacher who's not trained so well. Um, you, can, you might get injured, mm -hmm. um, and you might get just a really bad taste in your mouth from yoga. They might come, you might go out and say, that, that person's an idiot, I'm never going to a yoga class again. Now, I've never looked into, every, I've seen some of the, the instructors or teachers that you have there, and everybody's got big experience as far as the, the place goes. I mean, it's not yeah. some guy who took the month course and is there, but, uh, and, and then like, I didn't. I think I think I've really looked at the amount of stuff that you've offered. Uh, my girlfriend went to your studio a couple times, and um, she was you know super impressed. I think the schedule didn't work for her time wise or something mm -hmm. like that because her hours that she works. But and she's very hard to impress. I mean, with anything. So uh, if she liked it, then then I would, I would suggest it was good. And she right. She did the. She was going up like I think it was like for two years or something. She was going to Wisconsin for like it was like a three day weekend or, or a full weekend of courses every once a month or something like that for like I don't know what it was for for like two years mm -hmm. to get some sort of certification. And so like she's been into it and, and you know she's not just somebody who showed up for a class. It's like oh that was fun. Yeah. She you know she kind of has seen good and bad. But um, do you offer stuff like? Like, I don't know that much about it. So, like, I know it's hot yoga, where that's just you crank up the heat in the room, right, and get it real hot. Is that, I mean, do you offer a class that's hot yoga? You know, um, 
And again, on one of the comments from Facebook, the, um, one of the questions was something like, why are there so many different types of yoga, like dog yoga, hot yeah, yoga, right, right, right. yoga, goat yoga, right. goat yoga. You know, um, we're known as, our, our studio in Chicago is known has a couple different things we're known for. One is that um, we're known for teaching yoga yoga. Oftentimes people will be like, oh yeah, it's called Tejas Yoga. Oh yeah, Tejas Yoga, you guys teach yoga yoga over there. And, and the first time I heard that, I'm like, I was I step back a little bit, I was taken back a bit, and I'm like, well, that's a really good thing. I'm like, yeah, we teach yoga yoga. Right. We don't, we don't have, um, you know, I think a lot of those things are just are gimmicks. I think things that get people in the door, people get, you know, like in some ways I guess it's good if people wouldn't usually do yoga, but if um, they like hip hop, and they see on the schedule as a hip hop yoga class. Mm. Like, oh, I'll go to that. I'll go check that out. So, I mean, you know, it probably gets some people into yoga that wouldn't necessarily get into it, and maybe they they like it and they end up you know learning more about yoga in general. Um, yeah, we really, do, I can't run. And we do yoga, right, yoga. Right. There's no like I don't want to go to you know uh, uh, yeah um, break dancing jujitsu or you know wrestling that's yeah. sort of like. And they're doing things with, I mean, wrestling's a difficult one to stay into, so they're, you know, getting rid of the singlet, and they're going to the dry That's fit, yeah, and stuff like that, so that some guys won't be so bashful about wearing it, and those kind of things are fine, but in the core of it, you're still doing wrestling, wrestling, yeah. not, you know, some other strange thing, where, um, yeah, it's, that's, uh, it, I know, yeah, if it keeps people in there, gets people in there, great, but... It's for me that stuff's always terrible. It's like you know getting pizza in Wyoming. It's probably not pizza. They call it that, but it's not. Yeah, you know it's I, it's fine for me I guess because it, it like we said it will get people into yoga and then if they're interested in yoga and and deeper levels they want to dig a little deeper then eventually they they find our studio and and in a lot of ways we don't have a lot of competition in in at least in our neighborhood for sure. Um, there's other studios around that are more corporate studios that uh, have, they have all kinds of, you know, hot desk, yoga sculpt, the other things that, um, you know, are, are less traditional for sure. Right. And um, and we're not competing with them. That's their thing. We do something different. And if they, if people want more of a kind of a traditional approach, um, that's another thing that we're kind of known for, more of a traditional approach where you, we do physical postures, um, but we also do breathing. We also do meditation. We all, we have what we consider more of a complete yoga practice, um, then that's, you know, that's what we do. Okay, and, and where are you located at? I know you're in the city, but what's yep, the end? In the South Loop, 1300 South Wabash. South Wabash, right. And uh, the only thing I would say is, be careful if you're in a Bears game. I got a ticket the day oh, we were down there. Cause the, no, but the, the, the it's confusing with the signs. Yeah. Because they say this and this, and then if there's a Bears game, it's, like, it's totally different. Like there's a total other set of rules. Well, I parked there thinking I was totally good. And then I think when we were on our way out, I saw everybody walking with the bear stuff, and I'm like, oh, I think I'm in trouble. And yeah, I got a ticket. But yeah, uh, we're really close to Soldier Field, so in bears, right. bear season, it's uh, and Sundays, it's it's gets a little tricky part. Right, right. But it's a real nice uh, facility. I mean, it was it was definitely uh, um, like you know all the even the colors of the place were calming and like cool yeah. and, and everything else. It was it was a real nice setup. So okay, so I know that you. When it comes to the yoga stuff, like you have uh, gone to every corner of the world learning yoga. Where have you been? I've been around. Well, yeah, what's, uh, so yeah, how long, what we, we were talking about when you get started, how long ago was that? Um, boy, it was like 96, 97. Okay, so. I was, I was in my mid to late 20s, 96, 97. Um, and yeah, I was 
I was sick of feeling beat up all the time. Uh, so, I left this class for like a million bucks, but you know, when we have our habits, when we're using certain things, it, it takes a while to get out of those things. So, I would go like, most places run an intro to yoga class once a week for like four weeks, like a month, you know. And after I did those four weeks, uh, even though, you know, I loved it, I kind of lost interest and I went back to the weight room and kept lifting weights. And then for about three years, I would go back and forth. Like, I'd get, after a while, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I like yoga. Let me go to this yoga studio. And I'd move to different neighborhoods. I've lived all over Chicago. Mm -hmm. So when I moved to a different neighborhood, I'd see different yoga studios or different places that offered yoga. So I'm like, oh, I'll go check this place out. And I'd go for, for a while. I enjoyed it. But then again, I'd forget about it. Until I moved into uh, the River West neighborhood of Chicago, and I found a yoga studio uh, that I really liked and uh, some teachers I really liked. And then it finally clicked. And so I started going twice a week. And then after a while, I was there like five days a week. So this was about, when I was there going there every day, this was about five years after my first yoga class. So what would you say, what would you say hooked you? What was the, like what really grabbed you about it? Because obviously it's in your soul now. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, your life. It, it was a, a couple teachers um, that really, that really I, I, I connected with, you know. It's like, you know, sometimes people just don't speak your language. Even though you're both speaking English, you don't, you don't connect with them. Right. There's a connection with a couple of teachers that um, I just really like. And I, I, I think that I, kind of like what you said about me, you see, when you just, when you see me, you feel kind of chilled out. And, oh, you know, yeah. I think when you get a feeling about a, a, a teacher like that, when they just seem like they have, they have their shit together, you know, like they're, they've got a, um, a peace, a peacefulness to them. Sure. Like, kind sure. of inner tranquility, you know, that I think is probably a result of, of their yoga practice, you know. Right, right. Now you got many students that that felt that way about you, and uh, you know went on to. You got any students that went on to be teachers and stuff oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, a bunch of teachers. Right. A bunch of students are, are, are teachers of ours now. Yeah, yeah. Good, so, good, um, good. yeah. After after that, I was at the yoga studio so much that they're like, okay, you guys start teaching soon. Um, and in a very strange twist, um, I was getting ready to go to India to study with a, a big name teacher in India for a few months in, in the winter. And uh, a friend of mine, who's now my business partner, James, he uh, he convinced me and a few other yoga teachers in Chicago to go to Kiev, Ukraine in the winter to study with this Ukrainian yoga master that we had briefly met. Wow. It was a very impressive man. Um, so we spent um, we spent a couple of months in Kiev and in, or in Kiev in Moscow, in St. Petersburg, um, studying with this Ukrainian yoga master, uh, and this was 2002. All right, I gotta ask, how do you, how can you afford just to spend a couple months? Uh, you know, at the time, well, I went into debt, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone into a lot of debt studying yoga. That's gotta take a mental calm <laughs> all of its own, right? Where yeah, you're like, so, yeah. you know, like, because I mean, you're pretty much living as small as possible and trying to get by on, you know, some yeah. noodles and... Well, you know, one, one uh, part of uh, yoga philosophy is that you should, you should be able to be, you know, unattached of, of material things. Um, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't need a lot of stuff to make you happy or a lot of money to make you happy. Right. Um, so I, I definitely was living a simple life. I was 30-ish, I was around 30, mm -hmm. maybe 31. Um, Single, had a one-bedroom apartment, not a lot of bills. You live in a one-bedroom apartment in Chicago, still. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Sure, it wasn't cheap. Right. Um, but man, if you could get people just to buy into that, you could probably solve a lot of people's problems that's true. just by calming them down. Because people are, 
I mean, you know, obviously we, we're living in a world where we see people that make a billion dollars and they're still not, right. you know, it's it's all about what that number is going to be and everything else. And I mean, I know some people that, that got a couple million dollars and I don't think they're, they don't exhume happiness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're always, right. it's always got to keep that kind of, you know, it's a, it's a rat race for sure. Where, yeah, I mean, you know, I've be close to asking you what the meaning of life is because uh, you know, you're a well-dispositioned guy who's not worried about that kind of stuff. And I'm sure you do well, you know, where you're at in the city. Um, so, okay, so you're in the Ukraine and, and yeah. like... And it's, it, doesn't, it was my first kind of step in training to be a teacher because um, he, he was a, a very well-known, especially in Europe, but also he lived in the United States, um, a well-known, very... Um, influential teacher in a lot of ways and if you know any ukrainians or russians they can be pretty intense people sure so um it was an intense two months we did a lot of yoga and he um you know i think a lot of ukrainians especially from kiev are very proud of their country and their city so he, he made sure to take us out every day for hours showing us the city of kiev which is a beautiful place it's a little cold in the winter but mm -hmm. beautiful place so uh, it was an intense couple months of training and sightseeing um, in that trip, we went to Egypt also. This is kind of a cool story. Oh, wow, yeah. In, you know, to, to fly from Kiev or I'm sure any place in Ukraine or Russia to Egypt, super cheap. Unless really? you're an American. So we, he bought the ticket. He bought, you know, he, he, why would that make a difference? Mm. Oh, really? If they oh, just yeah. know where you're from, then it's different. If they, well, I think if they know you're Americans, they'll charge you more. Wow. wow. So anyway. Uh, we had a we took, we were freezing. We were there for two, in Kiev and Moscow and Saint Petersburg two months in the winter, freezing cold. So as a little you know vacation, we went, went to Egypt. Yeah, uh, very and it was very cheap. It was something like two hundred eighty dollars for the flight and the hotel, a nice hotel for a week. Oh wow! In like a in like a, um, a resort kind of area in in Sinai Peninsula. So anyway, um, studied more in Egypt with him, and uh, when I came back, I met another yoga teacher that uh, was. Thank God from the U.S. and um, did live trains with him over the following years. I really connected with him also, and he was uh, teaching what I what I felt was um, a very authentic approach to yoga, where it, like I was saying, it included plenty of breathing and meditation and philosophy, and you know, understanding why we're doing what we're doing in yoga. Sure. So um, after that, for the next you know ten years, I could just continue to do trainings with this teacher and go into more debt. Yeah, right, right. Because right, right. don't make a lot of money usually. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, I'm sure, but like, you know, I guess if you've got the mindset that that's not what's the most important thing, then yeah. it doesn't bother you the same yeah. way it would bother you the other way. I mean, there's plenty of people that are going to college right now that are going into oh, ludicrous debt and everything else, and you know they got to come out of there and then join the rat race and try and make a bunch mm -hmm. of money. So, so that, that's so that's pretty cool. That that's definitely going to be different than your local strip mall uh, yoga instructor mm -hmm. sort of a thing or goat yoga or and I mean some of those things like are like it, it's so on the nose that it's a gimmick it, it, it is pretty funny but uh, so is there anybody that you would say that like uh, shouldn't like look like that wouldn't be a good idea for them as far as uh, yoga goes I mean there's someone that has a heart condition yoga still fine right oh yeah you know like I said it, it First of all, find uh, you need to do a little shopping around. Do some research on where, especially if you have a condition like that. Mm -hmm. uh, do a little research about where the teacher's been trained, what they're if they have any specialties. And you know, yoga is is such a 
like I was saying earlier, such a big field and such a, it's got so many different approaches to it that um, it's almost like, it's like talking about martial arts. Like you could say, I'm a martial artist, which, you know, can give you a little bit of a clue of what I do, but man, there's a lot of different martial arts, you know? Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu, right. Karate, Tai Chi, like all, a lot of different martial arts. Yoga's kind of like martial arts in that way. Like, if you're saying you're going to yoga class, that can mean a lot of different things. It might be go to yoga. Right, right. It might be a very hot, sweaty class where you're working out pretty hard. It might be a class where you're lying around on a bunch of blankets and just doing some passive stretching. Okay. It might be you're, you're sitting and just breathing. So it can mean it'll be a lot, a lot of different things. Um, for sure, there's an approach to yoga that if you have a heart condition, can be very beneficial for you. But you need to be picky about where you go. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's you with anything that you do. Uh, but so okay. So I think when I was there. Um, now, do you guys burn some incense and stuff like that in the place? Sometimes. There was. I don't think I did, but there's probably, there might have been someone before that, that burned some incense. Okay, right. I, I, yeah, I don't know anything about that stuff. I was just curious as to, like, the, the spiritual aspect of it is very curious. Like, I'm very curious about that thing. I'm always, I'm an agnostic guy. I don't, you know, like, I grew up uh, Catholic, but, you know, um, I don't say there's nothing out there, but I, I'm not. You know, practicing anything mm. currently, uh, so like, but uh, there's advantages. Like my mom is super, super Christian religion, and it, it it's a social thing for her. She, you know, it, it, I would never take that away from her. I mean, she's sure. it, it's her life to, to, to go to church. I'm not too. Right, right, right. Yeah, so Catholic. yeah, so um, you know, and it, it upsets her that I'm not. But you know, I can't. I just. You asked me that earlier, um, I forgot to answer it. Yeah, uh, my parents have been great, man, with uh, just accepting with just the crazy crazy things I've done. You know, I, I, out of college, I started working at the Chicago Board of Trade for a number of years. Um, they were happy about that because, you know, your parents want you to make money. They're worried about you making money, making a living. Well, what a flip-flop. Uh, yeah, and I had a couple of brothers who worked down there too and were doing well, you know, so like, oh, good, Jim's going to make some money too. He'll, yeah. be, he'll be set. Sure. Uh, but after the first four years of me being down there, I realized I could not stand it. Hated it. Um, but I was trying to do nothing, do nothing else, so I needed to find something else to do. As I was, you know, the last four years I was down there, so I was right. down there eight total. The last four years I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, so I, in the last year and a half, I, I was, went through a massage therapy school. I was always interested, interested in the anatomy and in kind of natural health, so um, I went into massage therapy and I really enjoyed that. So that was. That was a big break, um, and they took that period. But at that point, I was, you know, I was still pretty young; I was in my late twenties. Um, so I'm sure they were a little worried, worried about it. And it was, you know, they they grew up in, in Frankfurt Square, uh, blue collar family, so they're like massage service. What does that mean? Like, they didn't know what it meant. Right. Um, but they're supportive. They didn't give me a hard time. And so then the transition from massage therapist to yoga teacher was an easy one. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I think my mom would be happier if I still went to church with her. And I actually went last week for the first time in a long time with her. There you go. Uh, she was happy about it, but she, uh, when I don't go, I, I'm sure she's worried about it a little bit. She prays a little extra for me. Uh, right, right. But she's been she's been really cool about letting you know, letting, letting me and my brothers do what we do what we want to do. Good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, but you know, like so, it, for me, it's always interesting to hear that stuff and. You know, uh, I had a witch on, and like it was interesting to hear what she was, you know, what like what she believed in and stuff yeah. like that. And I never, I don't care, you know, like the only one that I, that I get a real good side eye to is when people believe Donald Trump's smart. 
<laughs> that, that one for me is like hard to do, but otherwise, you know, if you believe in whatever you're believing, that that's great as long as it's not hurting anybody. It's terrific. But uh, um, it, you know, and like the whole thing with the incense, and then like you know anything else, maybe there's value to it that I don't, you know that I don't know about. But um, I thought there was like a, a stronger spiritual connection to yoga than maybe there is. Well, um, for sure, it, it began as a, a spiritual tradition, and um, you know, I, I try not to, I try not to use the word spiritual too much because it gets thrown around so much these days that it's 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 like one of those words that get used so so frequently and in so many different ways. It's almost like lost a meaning to me. Okay. And when someone says spirituality, I, I, I get I'm not always sure what they mean, you know, because people do use it in so many different ways. Um, I know what you're saying, and I, I think we should talk about it. It, it. it began as a spiritual tradition, and when I, when I say spiritual, I'm just saying it, it's something different than... The, it begins really with the belief that you're more than just your body and more than just your brain. The, the essence of yourself is deeper than your body and even your mind. And in fact, in um, one of the most influential ancient texts on yoga called the Yoga Sutras, the author says that we suffer and we're, we're unhappy because we identify with our mind. Because we think we're our mind, we think we're our thoughts. And if you really want to be happy, you need to understand that you're not your thoughts. And of course you're not your body, you're, you're, something, you're something deeper than that. Yeah, and I think that uh, that sort of philosophy could probably help a ton of people out. As far as, you know, the, the, the people that I see that are miserable, they're upset with their daily life and stuff like that, if you could wrap your brain around another just way of thinking in general you, you could probably be happier and when it all comes for me at least when it all comes down to it that's really what i want to do i want to be a happy guy sure. and i want to be i want to every day to be a good day and everything else and yeah my, there's definitely i definitely have days where you know i'm a real estate broker and we get that contract for that you know half a million dollar house well it's good because you know it's really not it's not good for me because I'm like, oh, I can't wait to spend that money. It's more of a good thing, like, now I can breathe, and I don't, I know, I know the bills are gonna get paid and everything else because that money's gonna be there from that job. Um, same thing with my sons, we, you know, we, we sign up a deck or something like that. It's good, it feels good. But the, the good feeling for me is not the money itself, it's the loosening the burden for having to, mm. you know, worry about paying for stuff. And I guess if you came at it, life in general, with a not having that much burden with it to begin with, you know, you'd be better off sure. as far as things goes. Um, and then the health aspect, like like I said, I don't have that much uh, knowledge of it. You do, but I saw value in it like right away. You know, like it was like, wow, that this is pretty cool. And it did seem like something that, does it take athleticism? Do you gotta be oh, an no. athlete? Right, right. No, right. No, okay, no. that's what I, and, you know, I didn't wanna say that and then you'd be like, you know. No, no. Sometimes athletes are, can, depending on what level of athlete I think, can have a harder time getting into certain yoga classes and certain approaches to yoga because, for example, um, wrestlers, grapplers, jujitsu people, they, they'll, I think they'll definitely have problems with certain types of postures because they're all hunched over so much. Okay. So certain types of postures would be very difficult for them. That's, that's when I started for a number of years, those postures were difficult for me too. Now, is it all about flexibility all the time? Because I know there was a... There was a UFC fighter that wouldn't stretch, and he claimed that flexibility was weakness. That was his 
That's really interesting. Uh, you know, one thing I'm especially interested in these days in my yoga practice and when I teach yoga is I'm really teaching the difference between mobility and flexibility. Flexibility is your is the ability of you to go to an end range of motion in a joint passively. So it's it's passive. Mobility is the ability to go through a range of motion in that joint with control. So mobility implies a level of strength that just flexibility might not have. Right. So a lot, a lot of passive stretching very well could make you weaker. But if you go through ranges of motion with control in more in more of an active way, then you should not lose strength. Right. Okay. Because in a normal person is. If you have a weight and you have it in a certain position, you're stronger there. But if you extend that joint all the way, a lot of times you're weaker in a position right. that you're not, you know, yep. past a 90 or whatever it is like that. Where, so I mean, theoretically, with yoga, you could be stronger grappler because you'd be stronger in positions that you weren't normally as strong in. Yes, I agree. If you're doing it right. Yep, I agree. Right. I okay. think there's a there's um, this kind of a thing I keep I keep in mind anyway uh, a principle that, that talks about the end strength in your end range of motion so when you go into an, uh, an end of a you could think of it as a stretch or I think of it as a range of motion still being strong there is right. super important yeah for everyone including uh, uh, any kind of athlete and a wrestler for, wrestler sure. for sure being right. extended but still being stronger as opposed to if you just do a lot of passive stretching you get weak and get weak there for sure I was surprised at the amount of the one class that we went to there was I think almost 30 people in yeah, that class. Size. Yeah, and everybody had on some sort of, uh, you know, jujitsu stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they, they were definitely coming from the jujitsu, jujitsu for sure. Yeah. I think my boys might have been the only guys in there that were wrestlers. I think so. I think so. Since then, there's been a couple of wrestlers, but yeah, it's been, I, I just have more of a connection with the jujitsu world these days because I've been, you know, active in jiu-jitsu for the last seven years or so. It's also more of an adult world too. The That's true, it's more adults that, it's, it's hard for adults to wrestle, man. It's really hard for someone out of college to find a place to go wrestle. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know, right, I don't know if, if I don't know any of them. I mean, we see probably one or two tournaments all summer where there's like a veterans yeah, right. division and there's four or five people there and that's it. Like, there's not enough people. Uh, the jiu-jitsu though, you go to one of those yeah, uh, lots of adults and lots yeah. of all kinds of people, and um, yeah, it's great. So I, I got a lot of the jiu-jitsu guys and girls to, to come and, and do some some of these, and it's been helping them quite a bit, and uh, it's great to see. I really enjoy it. Now, what are some other, like, crazy, okay, so, uh, so can you make a guy a sexual dynamo? I heard there's a sex aspect to yoga where mm -hmm. you can... <laughs> no, nothing You know, um, I, I think just being... Not that I need it or anything, I just <laughs> That's, uh, that's, that's a really funny statement because um, certain aspects of yoga, certain schools of yoga preach celibacy. Really? Yeah. Um, and I think, I think where the, that, that theory comes from is that, you know, yoga, especially when you're getting into more of the physical practice of yoga, it, it should make you better at everything. It should make you better at everything. Physical. Yeah, great. You know. Including, including sex. Sex, sure, sure. Now, I, I, I thought that Sting was into something that was like... Uh, maybe it's referring to the term Tantra. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tan, tantra is a, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's also a philosophy and a spiritual tradition very closely associated with yoga and there's crossover. Um, it's, 
is philosophy, that, that generally speaking, yogic philosophy is a little bit more about um, being very unattached to the material world and to possessions and things like that. Okay. Um, and generally speaking, tantra is is the opposite. It's a little bit more about um, being able to enjoy the material world. No, really. So, it's a little bit more about um, yeah. And again, this is generally speaking because there's a lot of different approaches and different philosophies within yoga that even contradict each other. But generally speaking, yoga is more teaches more that the material world, your body included, is um, gonna get in the way of your spiritual growth. So you should ignore it. Don't pay attention to it. It's gonna it's gonna hinder. It's not gonna help your spiritual growth. It's gonna make it harder to grow spiritually. Where tantra says that that's not true. You can use the material world. In fact and your body included to it, in fact, help you grow spiritually. Because the material world is the ma a manifestation of a higher power. So you can actually use it for spiritual growth. Everything in the material world, including body and including sex. That sounds like some rich guy made that up. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, I have the other philosophy. The times in my life that I'm the happiest are the times that I'm not that I'm not worried about that stuff at all. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't care about that. If I'm, for me, you know, a lot of fishing and stuff like that, if I'm standing on a boat in Canada and there's eagles flying overhead and I'm just fishing, like, doing my thing, that's way more relaxing to me than, even if I was in the midst of making, you know, when I was full out uh, general contracting, I was making a lot of money all the time. Every, every time there was a job that was done, we were mm -hmm. getting big checks. It's still way more stressful than relaxing and not worrying about that sort of thing for, for me yeah. I mean, everybody's different you know we're, we're all you know unique in our own ways but I, I I guess I would definitely fall into the uh not that philosophy but yeah I think for you know for a modern day especially a modern day American yogi it, you for sure need to um, find find a balance you know because now explain that though what's what's a, a yogi I want to go back to the balance in a second but the the uh, is everybody that that is a yoga instructor a yogi? You know, I mean, you could say anyone who, who practices yoga is a yogi. I, I think. Oh, really? To me, it's any. It'd be anyone who's who's taking a serious interest in in yoga. Meaning they've they've studied ancient texts. They study where yoga you where it came from. You know, it's, it's about five thousand years old, at least five thousand years old. Um, so someone who's studied where it came from traditionally, study how it's changed throughout the thousands of years, um, continues to learn more about it and and help it to evolve, you know. To me, that's someone with a yogi who's, who's got a serious interest in it. Okay, so so pretty much just an old word for a geek. Someone's really like a geek, right? I mean, I mean a geek is not a bad, right, not a bad, yeah, right, not a bad, I don't think geek is bad at all. Like, I, I look at people like, man, those are the people that I want to get on my podcast because yeah, yeah. I want someone to learn something f from the whole thing. Oh, there's yeah, for sure for people sure. consider me a yoga geek. Yeah, right, 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 sure. right. And I like I, I would take it as a compliment completely. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm right, right. <laughs> uh, um, because yeah, those are those are the coolest. Uh, you know, I got a guy that's. And I'm sure it won't be for everybody, but he's really into the history of like the railroad and trains and stuff like that, and. I'm gonna sit down with them, and, and I know I'm gonna learn something out of it. And you know, maybe somebody when they're going through the bunch of stuff that I have on the podcast will pass it right up or, or whatever. Sure. But if you wanted to, 
I guarantee if you probably listen to it, you'll learn something that you wouldn't have paid attention oh, yeah. to before. So, and yoga to me seems like a topic that would definitely have some some big stuff in it. I mean, it's super trendy right now, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I think everybody in Hollywood's doing yoga, for sure. Um, and some of them are doing the go yoga and the hot yoga and all that other stuff. Um, now, what is, you, you know, you, do, you said you do yoga yoga, but... Are there still any variations in the yoga yoga? Like, I mean, are there, like, um, God, I'm trying to think of some of the names. Like, uh, I know that, like, my girlfriend takes classes, and some are, like, more strenuous, hard poses. Sure. And, and I don't know if it's just a level up or whatever it is like that, but um, I don't know the names. Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's different. Uh, all physical yoga is uh, falls under the umbrella of hatha yoga. H A T H A Hatha Yoga. Okay. That that's it, it. means forceful yoga, but what it usually gets translated as is the yoga of the physical body. Compared to let's say um, Raja Yoga, means it is more the yoga of meditation. Okay. So Hatha Yoga is the physical practice of yoga, and um, under the term Hatha Yoga, there's many different styles of Hatha Yoga, usually named after the person who kind of created that approach to it. So Bikram yoga is a very popular one. Okay. That's kind of, like, kind of the originator of hot, hot yoga. Okay. Where the room is very hot. There's a set number of 26 poses and two breathing techniques you do every every time the same ones. No, wait. It's the the Bikram guy is the guy that... He's in trouble, right? Oh, he's yeah, yeah, right. Okay, okay, okay. Right. He's the guy who... I think they did a HBO thing yeah, on him where yeah. he's got a whole mess of women that are... The, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, that's another one that like when you were saying you gotta really research who because there's a personal space thing that's going on with that stuff and then if you're trying to get into that world he's he was a rock star as far as it goes before his trouble so that's how he was exuding the power over the people the Mm -hmm. women to do what he was doing to them uh but so you know research who you're gonna go to so you don't end up with some creepy dude like, like this but he's got a whole branch of yoga that's just his, huh? Oh, yeah. It's, I think most places are not are changing their names now, but, you know, yeah, I'm not sure a thousand, but a lot of Bikram yoga students were all over the world. All now, the world. okay, so that, like, that reminds me, I think I, I was talking about it on social media not that long ago, the whole, like, uh, can you separate the art from the person? Right, right. You know, like, uh, uh, the Bill Cosby stuff mm-hmm. and everything else, where... And I, and Michael... I just heard thing I was to say about Michael Jackson. Like, Michael you, Jackson. you still listen to his music or not? Yeah. I'll tell you, I was never, like, the biggest Michael Jackson fan in the world. Like, it was, you know, I thought it was good music. Well, we grew up in the square, so we didn't listen to Michael Jackson. No, right, right, right. But, <laughs> but it was there, and, like, if I heard Billie Jean or something like that, like, I was, you know, it seemed like a good song. And then there's some, uh, like, uh, metal versions of some of his music, too, which I thought were right. terrific. Um, you know, the music and everything else. And obviously the guy was talented, but after watching that Leaving Neverland thing, mm-hmm. I can't, no, no. When I hear that, that's got to be turned off. I can't even, because he was a monster, like a, a terrible, terrible thing. So uh, Cosby, you know, same thing. Like, I grew up on Bill Cosby, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh, you know, the, until Eddie Murphy came around and then it was, you know, everything was the filth and the foul and the foul. You know, that, that was way, way better, <laughs> the delirious stuff. Uh, so in the yoga community, do they do a lot of people decide just to separate the art from the man, or I think a lot of people do um, because you know, especially 
in the 70s, 80s, and 90s to some extent, there were a lot of, you know, the, the 90s was really the boom time in the U.S. for yoga, especially on the coast, especially in California and New York. Okay. Um, really booming in the 90s. And around that time, um, there were a number of teachers in, in the U.S., but around the world too, including India, that um, became like, gained a lot of power um, financially, but also just um, from, from students like pretty close to worshiping them, thinking they could do no wrong. And, but a lot, and it, it started before that too, but in the 90s was a big time for it. A lot of those teachers have been, have fallen down out of grace because of just some, there's some pretty bad things that they did too. The powers are corrupting for sure, yeah. just like in anything. Uh, now, like I saw the the real sports thing with the with the Beakram guy, and he was teaching rooms where there was a hundred and some odd people, like yeah, huge, yeah. yeah. So I mean, the money he had to bring in had to be phenomenal, yeah. also. For a long time, he made millions every year, and millions and millions. And millions. Uh, how old of a guy is that guy? I don't know. Um, well, he looks like he's sixties. Sixties, probably yeah. around maybe seventy. Right, 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 right. He's been around a long time. Yeah. Right, right. Um, no, so that's just a that's a that's a strange. Cause he's got his own style, mm-hmm. like, and then you're teaching it. I mean, that one there is different than the music. Cause the music you're just listening for entertainment. You, the the, the Bikram yoga you're doing it because it's it's the right way to do it. You know, maybe like saying there's a wrestling move, but the guy that did the move is a jackass, so I can't so I can do, do the move. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yoga should, it, it is different because I think there's still with a, a, a number of teachers that have, um, you know, fallen out of grace for a number of different reasons. And, and probably all of them, for sure most of them, there's still things that they taught, I think that could be very helpful. Right, now, now is there any, uh, in that world, is there any gender bias? I mean, are women, uh, you know, looked at different, I mean, obviously that Beacon guy, he's an Indian guy, a Pakistani guy, right, or something like that. Uh, that culture is, for sure, men are, seen as different than women mm-hmm. to begin with but in the yoga community is there anything that's you know um i'm sure there is um one reason is because there's you know in the u.s way more women practice yoga than men I'm, i don't know the uh, stats off my head but way more women than men practice yoga in the u.s However, there's, uh, I would say, as far as like the big name teachers, the ones who get a lot of power and get a lot of money, I, I would think more of them are still men. Still, yeah, So right. probably, uh, yes. Hard for me to say as a man, uh, it's not hard for me to say, but it's, it's I, don't, I don't think of it as often as a woman would think of it. You know? right, right. I think of it less often. Now, do you think that's due to bias or do you think that's just due to, like, I mean, it, it's very similar in the real estate world too. Like as a real estate broker, when I look around, most of the guys that are killing it, they're guys, mm-hmm. and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what that's about to be honest with you, because I, I think it's easier to be a real estate broker if you're a woman, because dudes are stupid, and they will just <laughs> go online and find the one with the glamour shots that looks the that's best. True. She doesn't know a damn thing about anything. Like I, you know, for for me, like I've been uh, 20 years in the housing industry as far as a builder goes and then 10 years as a real estate broker, 
if someone says something about the place with the Mansford roof or the, you know, the, you know the, this bungalow or that, like I know house styles, I know what the parquet flooring, like everything that's in there, I've got the knowledge as far as that basic stuff goes. And then all I was doing with the housing market store, housing industry before was contracts. I wrote contracts. So when I went into real estate broker, I'm writing contracts again. So it's just the same mm -hmm. stuff on, on another level where you, know, you get some women that just like to watch a lot of HDTV and then they go into being a real estate broker. They, I think the initial get in to make a living is easier if you're attractive because there's, you know, it's terrible that's what it is, but like I said, guys are dumb and you know, right away if she's good looking. I, I had a client who was like, yeah, you seem to remember what you're talking about, but man, did you see this? And I'm like, dude, I go, you know, I would talk to you out of it, whatever. But I would think that, uh, so most of the people that do yoga, I would think there'd be an advantage to being a woman in that situation. Just because if I'm a woman, I'd rather have a woman moving me in a position. And, you know, not to say that there are not very well-known and very successful women teachers, because there for sure are. There for right. sure are some very powerful, um, well-known, very successful yoga teachers that are women. But, the, it, yeah, it doesn't match up how the number of women compared to the number of men who practice yoga and then the number of men who um, get to the highest, you know, very high statures of teaching. You know, my wife is a choreographer, um, and she, she has a very similar problem in the world of dance, whereas in the world of dance there's usually more women than men, but the, when it comes to the, the big-name dance companies, like, uh, well, I don't want to but when it comes to the big-name dance companies, most of them are run by men. Right now, is there a, because of the real estate world, and maybe in the choreograph, you know, choreographing world, and yoga too, there's a cutthroatness to the real estate stuff, you know what I mean? Like if, if you know, you can get that listing versus the other guy getting that listing. So I don't know if, because I, besides like, like I like women, I actually like women. Like a lot of my friends are women. Mm -hmm. I enjoy hanging out with them. Like yeah. they're, they're um, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I fucking, they're better than men in a lot of respects. Like as far as like, so I got injured um, 16 years ago and what I really know from that experience is thank God I wasn't a woman that was injured in the same way as far as relationships go. Women have been great with me as far as dating and stuff mm -hmm. like that goes. Like I've had no problem um, dating decent women, uh, women that have careers, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I, guys are shallow. I mean, yeah. a, a, a guy dating a woman in a wheelchair is like, that's an anomaly to me. And I know it happens, but not on the same, you know, frequency sure. and everything else. So like, I'm kind of in a place where I actually think women are better than men in a lot of regards. So I am a lot of times perplexed by all the industries that a man mm -hmm. does better at. Is it the fact that he will do unscrupulous things to get to the point where he wants to get to? Or is it the, you know, ambition thing where a woman's right. just not as ambitious to, and I know plenty of real estate brokers that are women that are super ambitious and they want to, you know, be that thing. But if I go office to office to office, except for a few, it's generally a guy that's on top of that situation. I think in the, in the, the little bit I know about the dance world for my wife, I think um, there is, especially when you get to the bear companies that, you know, basically, you know, produce a lot of money and raise a lot of money. There is that cutthroatness. In the yoga world, I don't, I don't think there is. I mean, there shouldn't be. Um, 
probably more than there should be, but it's not to that level of what you're talking about. Right, right. Because I mean, like I said, in the in the real estate world and the yoga world, I would think there would be distinct advantages to being a woman. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, I have my picture taken for my real estate stuff, and it's not a glamour. Like, I'm not trying to be good looking. Mm-hmm. It's just this is what I look like. So if you see me, yeah. you know, sort of thing like a recognition thing, where, yeah. I, I understand that there's not a lot of guys in, as many guys in yoga as there are women, but I would just think that if there was a guy, he would sure like to find an attractive yoga instructor. That sounds, you know, like maybe there's a chance. Well, yeah, well, yeah, some guys do that. Yeah, right, right. I right. think some guys, you know, some of my guy friends are like, I don't want to go see you, Jen. I want to go see you, yeah, a cute girl teacher. Yeah, right. I mean, I, you know, when we were in the grappler one, it was obviously mostly guys, but I'm positive being just a shallow guy like I am that I'd like to see women doing yoga. That's probably, you know, it's probably right there with women on trampolines. It's probably, you know, uh, not, not, you know, something I should be doing. But so it would seem like that world's the same thing. There's a lot of advantages to being a woman. Um, it, it's perplexing sometimes to, to, cause you know, there's definitely right wingers out there that I've got arguments with that say stuff like, well, the reason that, uh, men don't, make you know men make a little more or whatever is a, a, a the dollar and the woman makes 80 cents on the dollar for the same job is because of their choices and the stuff that they're doing and i don't know if that's true my girlfriend is a physical therapist and it's a little bit true there because a guy that goes to be a pt a physical therapist they generally go the route of i want to work for the white Sox, i want to work for the bears mm-hmm. i want to work for a high profile job where the woman's working for, you know, she's working orthopedics, where she's working on some old lady's knee, the money's not the same if you're working on that knee and you're working on a tennis player's knee. So uh, I don't know if that if that's got something to do with it in yoga, but uh, yeah. you know, I would always like to see things be more equal, yeah. equal as possible. Being you know the big I th- I think the, progressive the, hippie that I am. The, the teachers I'm thinking of about the more male-dominated and like senior roles as yoga teachers. They are the older generation, a generation above me, um, and I, I, I do think possibly the younger generations than my generation, our generation in the yoga world will be have more women at those high kind of um, profile jobs, owning more studios, running more trainings, and things like this. Sure, sure. Now, what uh, I know, you got you and how many how many people are there instructors? Mm, we have about, uh, besides, including myself and my business partner James, probably, I think we have 13 teachers right now. Oh wow. I know you guys do some, uh, there was, I think on the website I saw like some like, kind of festival kind of things that you're doing in the city. I, I thought it was like a whole, or workshop maybe, it was a better word. Well, uh, we all, we, yeah, we always have workshops going on every, every weekend, um, meaning like three, uh, two or three hour like little longer classes where we dive deeper into something more than just like uh, you know, moving people's bodies around. Like, well, there'll be there'll probably be some lectures, practice some certain things for longer periods of time. Yeah, we we have those every weekend. Now there was a guy that uh, was I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast years ago, and he was a guy that was using breathing to win or Wim Hof. Yeah, Wim Hof, yeah. and he and he used to be a yoga teacher. Is that okay? Yoga All teacher, right, but he, yeah, he studied some yoga. He was on there, and me and my sons watched it for like I don't know, 15 minutes, and then we tried what he was doing. I held my breath for the longest I ever held my breath for mm-hmm. by doing the thing that he was saying to do, and it was amazing. I'm talking about like, and that my sons did it too. 
held my breath for like two or three minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think that I, I know he's holding my breath like a decent amount of time, but never like that. It was just off of like, he was taking half his breath out yeah, and like, yeah. Yeah, and so amazing stuff just from the breathing mm -hmm. stuff. There's no physicality. I could come to a class like that. I mean, I'm, I'm paralyzed my chest down. I could come to a class like that mm -hmm. and learn. You know, there's a, um, a man that's kind of known as the godfather of modern day yoga, an Indian man named Krishnamacharya. Um, he's a, he's a bunch of really cool quotes. Um, but one of his quotes was, as long as you can breathe, you can practice yoga. Yeah. Uh, and I was saying earlier, you know, way back thousands of years ago, yoga was very much a meditative tradition where you, you were sitting meditating. Yeah. Um, about a thousand years ago or so, there was a group of yogis that, um, decided that they thought they found a better way because you know ultimately yoga is about finding uh, you know a, a, a higher state of consciousness and raise your consciousness raise your awareness uh, and meditation was it for a long period of time just meditation uh, there was a group of yogis that probably about a thousand years ago that thought that they found a better way uh, they still did meditation but before they did meditation they did some different physical postures and they did a lot of breathing and they they found that there's a quicker way to this higher higher state of consciousness, and um, it included a lot of you know a lot of things where there's there's some rapid breathing, there's a lot of really slow breathing, and there are long periods of time where they stop their breathing. And their their idea was going back to what I said earlier about um, one reason ancient yogis thought we suffered was because we identified with the mind. And the whole idea was like stop identifying with your mind, identify with the, the, the essence of yourself, something deeper. Um, these yogis that were doing a lot of the breathing, they found that if they were able to stop their breath for long periods of time, their mind would stop also. So that's that was their approach to getting the deep states of meditation. First, doing a little little physical postures, little physical. So it's like origin. The, the string, the, right. the yeah. cleaning the body, keeping getting the body healthy first but then doing a lot of breathing, and the breathing would get them to those deep states of meditation faster than just meditation would. Okay, okay. So, explain, so I think mean, a lot of people out there, meditation would not be something that they really understand. I mean, is there, is there a way to use, I've seen people that want to use med meditation to actually obtain their material goals like it focuses them on the job that they're trying to do whether it be you know some shitty guy in finance who's just you know trying to make money but they meditate uh jim brown a football player was a guy no. who was the opposite of you know you're uh in the locker room rah 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 you bang on the thing he was the opposite he would sit there and he would focus himself on i'm gonna knock him down i'm going like he went through a game in his brain quietly and it was a form of meditation that he did. So if you were to explain to somebody that doesn't, you know, never meditated, like how would, because uh, obviously there's huge benefits to the meditation because that's pretty much the basis there's, of it. Sure, there's, you know, there's, and even these days, there's a whole bunch of studies done by Harvard and big, you know, big name reputable universities showing how meditation actually changes your brain. Through enough meditation and different approaches, your, your brain changes from what okay. they can tell. So yeah, it's, it's it's for sure it, it does something something positive. So that, like, what exactly is meditation? Is it just like what do you do if you say say somebody wanted to? <clears throat> right now, somebody listening to the podcast was like, I meditate, but what what exactly is that? Like, what 
What do you, what would you do to start somebody out in meditation? There's you know there's uh, there's I think a lot of different approaches to it. The, the the yogic version of meditation, the yogic approach to meditation, is to first focus your mind on something, to make your mind very focused and one pointed on one thing, until you focus on it so much that you forget about everything else. So if I'm focusing all my attention on that bottle of water over there. If I focus on it so much, well, then it, it, it turns into a meditation. That's okay. A meditation. You're focusing your mind on one thing, so it's not wandering, jumping around. Which is, you know, your mind's nature is to jump around to a lot of different things yes. all at the same time. It's, sure. Is what it needs to do to survive. But um, so I'm, I'm not saying you should never. You should, your mind should always be focused on one thing. It needs to be. You know, your mind needs to be active. Your senses are always taking in a lot of information. But. Doing focusing your mind on one thing for a period of time is super beneficial in, in every aspect of your life. Like what could help you if someone had insomnia? Could you? Because uh, for me, if if I wake up, something happens. I sleep real late. Three thirty in the morning, I wake up. It'll be an hour and a half for sure before I go back to sleep, mm -hmm. just because my mind starts. I start just solving this problem. I'm thinking about sure, what I got to sure. do tomorrow. Nothing else. And I I sometimes I'm like, man, stop. You got to stop and just. Go to sleep. Well, there, there's a, there's some crossover for sure with breathing practices and meditation, because uh, some approaches are very much. And, and I mentioned earlier, you, just, you focus your mind on one thing. You could focus your mind. You could focus your awareness just on your breath. It's a pretty traditional and pretty simple way to do it. You're just focusing on your breath, not controlling your breath, not trying to stop it. You're just being really aware of your breath. Feel you feeling your body breathe. You can also um, for that what you're just talking about. If, if you have insomnia. A, a pretty beneficial technique to do is just focus on slowing down your breath. Just using a little control so you slow down the momentum of your breath, especially your exhale. If you slow down your exhale, for most people, it has a pretty calming effect on the nervous system. Good, good, good. Okay. That's what I suggest. Yeah, right. All right, good. Uh, like, what else would somebody, like, why would someone else seek out meditation besides, like, insomnia and stuff like that? Anxiety. I mean, just, there's, yeah. there's good crossover between anxiety and insomnia for sure, but for sure anxiety um, for better performance in things like sports, you know, and pretty much everything in life, I think meditation, depending on how you approach it, could be very beneficial. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was always curious about it myself, and I always felt that, like, with my sons in wrestling and stuff like that, there are definitely coaches, you know, that, that are like, you got to get mean, and you got to be mad. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know. The, a lot of the fights that I got into, I did much better when I was really kind of like, um, I slowed everything down mm -hmm. and made it smaller. I, I didn't fight angry. Yeah. I kind of fought like, you know, like really calm. Like, I'm going to do yeah. this thing to you. I think it depends a lot on the person, you know, because um, I was the same way. When, before a big wrestling match, there's a lot of pressure. If people were like in my face, like screaming at me, come on, Jack. It kind of, yeah, it kind of got, got me shooken up more, you know. If I, I, looking back on it now, had I known anything about yoga, um, it, it would have first helped me be a better wrestler because I think, you know, one, one big thing about yoga is, especially when you um, apply it to modern-day life, it should help you get shaken up less easily, physically but mostly mentally. It should right. help you. It should, it's not going to stop your stresses at all. You know, you're still getting the same stress. You still have to pay your bills. You're still going to have right. to do whatever. Um, but when when the shit is the fan, I think if if when I I practice so much yoga, when I do have a really stressful stressful situation, I think I can keep mental clarity and make intelligent decisions in the moment, as opposed to 
just kind of spazzing out, freaking out, and making poor decisions. Right, and some of that maybe comes from your wrestling background and jiu-jitsu too, because you're making big decisions under for duress. Sure. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, know. yeah. I, I see a lot of crossover in, in jiu-jitsu and, and yoga. Um, they're very different, obviously, but there's some similarities, and I think for sure jiu-jitsu helps you to, you know, you got if, if you're going to be good, you need to you need to stay calm when someone's choking you. Right. <laughs> or, or when, you know, you need, to, you need to make intelligent decisions and be able to realize, okay, am I, am I in real danger? Should I tap? Am I going to get my arm broken? Or yeah, now we need to talk about that. You're doing jujitsu now out of a gym. Mm -hmm. uh, now are you, you're, uh, are you competing too, like going to competitions? You no, know, not competing um, for a couple of reasons. First one, <laughs> first one is my wife sees, saw a few competitions as online and she looked, and unfortunately, well, one of my friends who did a pretty hard arm bar on someone at, at, at the World Championship Tournament and uh, he broke his arm. Yeah. So my wife, I'm like, I'm like, Steph, come here, look at this. Oops. And she looked at me and said, you are never competing. <laughs> nice, nice. So I'd have, to, I'd have to deal with a battle at home if I compete, I think. Right. Um, also, m most of the tournaments are on the weekends and uh, when you have a yoga studio, most of your business is on the weekends. Too. So I'd, I would have to take off work and uh, miss out on a lot of that. And, you know, frankly, the the competition, I, I spent enough weekends in gyms mm -hmm. to last a few lifetimes. Right. All right. the weekends I spent in the IKWF, especially those long Sundays, all the weekends in high school, uh, in college, like being in gyms, waiting all day for your name to get called and warming up. And when I go watch my friends compete now, after about an hour, like I'm not going to get out of there. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I want to compete that badly. You never know, I might. Um, but uh, not really. I'm, I'm what they call a hobbyist. Right, but you're getting, uh, like, so you're doing a yoga for grapplers, and, and you're a grappler. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you're getting the feel for what you're doing in, in the yoga for grappling, and then you're going and practice grappling. So... You know, you're, is that is that class evolving for you as far as that goes? Well, for sure, yeah. I think I'm 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 such a good uh, experiment on myself. You know, like I right. I go in because you know for after I stopped wrestling in college, um, you know, I spent I spent a good decade, more than a decade, but for sure a decade, solid decade, where everything I did was about yoga. I only read books about yoga. I only had yoga friends. I practiced yoga a few hours every day. Um, everything was yoga. Um, but after after a while of that, I started I started to miss I started missing feeling beat up from from wrestling, and just other things in life probably. You yeah, didn't have I another missed focus. some of that stuff. So um, so for a while, I, I forgot what it was like to have a wrestler's or a grappler's body. But when I started going to jiu-jitsu, so I really missed it, you know. And um, it, it took a little while for me to get in to find a place, you know, that I liked. Um, but I found a great great gym and some great people there, some great instructors. Uh, so when I started getting into it, you know, it didn't take long for me to remember like, oh yeah, this is what it feels like the next day, mm -hmm. especially now, you know, I started Jiu-Jitsu at 40, so like, this is what it feels like for a 40-year-old to be a, to be a grappler. Right, so, right. Um, it's, I'm, I'm a great experiment for myself, like I said, like I know like what hurts the next day, so I figure out what yoga type things I could do to make myself feel better. Yeah, I definitely get my boys back up by again once we get some sort of lull in the whole wrestling's insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're wrestling today in Downers Grove and they'll both get five or six matches mm -hmm. in one day and I'm sure tomorrow 
They'll feel it on their neck. They'll oh, feel man. it on their shoulders. All that stuff. So it'd be Did nice. Did they miss a lot of school on Mondays? No, you know what? No, no. Um, I think I miss a lot of Mondays, man. Did you? Yeah. yeah. In the wrestling, yeah. the wrestling year. No, the uh, they they miss more. Uh, people are always surprised that, uh, like, you know, the state series will start on like Thursday and then Friday, and then if we take off, we go to Iowa. You know, they're out of school on Friday. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of Fridays because we're going to yeah, go yeah, compete. Yeah. But uh, but no, not not so much. Uh, the, you know, they they've been pretty durable. I'm hoping that they don't end up with any surgeries and stuff, but I would like to see, you know, I've met a lot of really good guys that I like a lot through wrestling, uh, you know, coaching and stuff, and I'd like to see some of those guys get in. Do you have some, like, the class I sat in on, there was definitely different levels of guys in there. Some guys were using a little block to sit on mm. and stuff. Any success stories where guys were having some real, real trouble with their Mobility and now they're feeling. Oh sure, um, mostly you know mostly with lower back. Okay. And, you know I know um, it's really common in both jujitsu and wrestling for people that have low back problems because they're in they're in that crunched up position for long periods of time and on top of that someone's beating on them as they're in that crunched up position so there's a lot of low back pain and um, hip mobility problems and shoulder mobility problems in with grapplers in general. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've. I made a few short, I made six short little 15 minute videos on one of my websites. Um, and each one is specific for a certain thing. Like there's one for healthy low back, there's one for hip mobility, one for shoulder mobility to help with um, those problems that are, are common with everyone, but especially with grapplers. Now, where, uh, plug that, where, where would someone find those um, websites? Uh, one of my websites is yoga for grapplers. It's yoga for the number four grapplers.com. Um, that's specific for obviously yoga for grapplers. My uh, my yoga studio that I'm a co-owner of is called Tejas Yoga. It's spelled T-E-J-A-S. That's TejasYogaChicago.com. I'll put some graphics up on the YouTube stuff too, so you know, pull up the link or yeah. whatever and put that. And then I just got a, a, a personal website with my other yoga stuff, uh, just my name, JimBennett.com. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I hope people check it out because, like like I said, I was I was always from. I think for a guy like me, yoga would have been. I, I, I guess it, it, when I first heard that you were doing, you were doing, it was seemed, seemed surprised. I knew you were a wrestler and everything else. Um, now I've seen the flexibility of guys that are wrestlers. Some of it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy can get his leg turned all the way in and everything else. And I mean, when my guys are crazy flexible. I almost hate it when I see the referee calling that potentially dangerous because mm-hmm. I know he's. Mm-hmm. My guys are a little funky and they'll get into a position where like. That's good for them. Where they, that's where they want to be, and then the guy stops it. But uh, so the flexibility part I get with the yoga. But like we, I played hockey, I played football. All of a sudden, yoga would be the furthest thing from my brain as far as what I would like to do as an activity. But I think people need to think about like how yoga will make them feel versus the mindset of. Because that's a totally different, you know, if you're going to play football, you're running around, knocking the down ball, mm-hmm. all that other stuff, where yoga is obviously not that. It's a completely different mindset, but you're going to walk out of the yoga feeling, like, rejuvenated. And For better. sure. Yep. Right. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's especially when um, I get athletes in there, I, I sometimes, especially if they're still competing, or, like, I've had a number of like, professional dancers come in, um... I, I sometimes I need to tell them, okay, like, you know, this is not 
the competition or the performance. This is like something completely different because to get to that level, if you're really, you know, if you're a high level, you need to constantly be in that competition mode, you know, for the most part, right. performance part. So for them, yoga, for everyone, but especially for them, they need to think about yoga as um, what's keeping you healthy, not not your time to compete, not your time to perform. Something that's gonna feel make you feel better. So ultimately, you know, you'll do better at what you do, and the mental benefits um, for sure will make hopefully everything in your life better. Uh, like I said earlier, help you to make you know if nothing else, better decisions in stressful times. Right, right, right. No, good, good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to ask as many questions as I can because I, I want to learn something about it. But anything else that you could think that uh, would be good to get out there? I mean, if if you had something that you could uh, demonstrate as far as like a breathing, like the, besides someone just focusing on their breathing, that if someone's listening to the podcast could pick up on, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, give us that. I, you know, I think uh, an important first step is just become become really interested in your breathing. Become really interested in how you breathe. How you breathe when you're going to sleep, how you breathe when you're in a stressful situation, and um, how you can change your mindset just by changing your breath. Just by, I think the first way to do it is um, practice breathing through your nose more. Right? I, I forget about this stuff because I've, te- I've been studying it for so long, but most people don't think about breathing through their nose. Like, you should breathe through your nose, unless you really need to breathe through your mouth if you're running from someone or if you, you know, whatever reason, but you should breathe through your nose. And um, if you want to calm your nervous system down, focus on lengthening your exhale. Start by trying to lengthen your exhale and uh, do it for a minute or two and see if it changes it changes the way your mental state, I guess. Right. Good. Good. I think that's simple enough and, any, and just about anybody could give that a go. And I can't imagine how somebody can't get calmer by... Like when you were in a class, like you were like... Uh, doing something where you're making a sound like a, it wasn't like mm-hmm. a real sound but it was like a little bit of a sound yeah, yeah. with it and you know I'm sitting there observing I'm like yeah yeah that's hard yeah. yeah tighten up your esophagus a little bit and stuff yeah. like that there's so, um, you know in, in yoga when you do bre- different breathing techniques and you control the breath in different ways it's called pranayama prana is like uh, is like chi the vital life force right. yama, yama means to control so um, in some way with the breathing in yoga, you're you're controlling the breath. In most instances, you're creating a valve in your respiratory system, which enables you to lengthen the breath. So um, there's a way to breathe through one nostril at a time. If I block off one nostril and I press on the other nostril lightly, I'm making that valve that I'm breathing with smaller. So it's going to help me to lengthen the breath. It's help me to get get more control over the breath. Sure. Um, but you're just referring to they call it ujjayi pranayama. You lightly contract your throat. So in this case, your throat is the valve, and it becomes a little more narrow, which helps you to lengthen the breath. Right. In most cases, you're trying to lengthen the breath. There are some cases where you have to try to speed it up. So, um, generally speaking, if you slow down the breath, it slows down your mind, makes you more calm. If you speed up the breath, it makes you more alert. Now you, yeah, you've got on social media, you've got tons of uh, really cool uh, poses and stuff that you do, and then. Like the other one that I was super impressed with is the abdominal stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, how long does it take someone to learn? Because like, to explain this to someone who's never seen it or you know just listening to this in a podcast, like, it almost, it's like a it's like a belly dancing kind of a thing oh, that's yeah. right. But like, you can go sideways mm-hmm. up and like, oh, it, it, it's impressive to because most people can't control that like. It's almost like you're using your abdominals like facial muscles. I mean, mm-hmm. like you're 
everything it's so distinct with the dexterity is thanks it's a it's a, it's a very old technique called naoli and um, you know recently like maybe a year or so ago i saw uh this was catching some um some loud hits on, on YouTube and things like this, where people call it alien yoga. It, it resembles a little bit of the scene where the alien pops out of the person's stomach in the first alien jump. Right. So it's, uh, but it's called Nali. It's, um, it's one of the purification techniques in yoga. So the idea is that you're, you're churning, you're, you're isolating, like you said earlier, different muscles in your abdominal region that um, in the old school way of teaching yoga and practicing yoga, they believe that it would be very purifying for your internal organs. They kind of ring okay. up the internal organs. Now, if that's really true or not, I, I'm not sure because um, you, you can't really test that. It's not, uh, that's not a good way to test that. What I, think I, well, what I think I saw that you someone would, would for sure get out of it, whether that's it or not, is the fact that if you're concentrating on doing that, you can't be thinking about the argument you had with somebody. That's for sure. So it's a focus thing that you're taking yourself, you're taking that mental break uh, you know, you go in for, for a class with you, and at least for the hour that you're there, whatever, mm -hmm. how long you think, you're not thinking about your problems, you're thinking yeah. about exactly what you're doing. Yeah, so that's a, it's a, for sure a focus. It's um, the technique we're talking about is Nali. It definitely requires a, a high level of control of your body, especially so about part of your body. People forget about it as they get older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it requires quite a, a bit of control of your breath because you're doing it all when you're empty of breath. You're, you exhale and you stop breathing. So your diaphragm muscle moves up, so it gives room for you to suck the navel back and hollow out the abdomen, then ice the different parts of your abdomen. Um, yeah, so it has, it has some it has some benefits. It's the biggest part I think is control the breath. Your ability to control the breath and control your body in a way that you don't usually do. And yeah, you'll, you'll for sure focus your mind while you're doing it. Right. Cool. 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 Well, I would uh, highly recommend that uh, you know people go in obviously to Jim or one of his other instructors because they are. You know, quality guys who do just yoga, yoga, not uh, anything else. If you want goats, obviously go find goats. But uh, uh, otherwise, uh, we'll wrap it up. I mean, uh, it, was, it was a good time. I, I definitely learned more just, you know, from, from talking to you than, than I did even just watching the class and everything else. And then, obviously, girlfriends into it, so I like, hear about that, too. But uh, as usual... Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like the video, check us out on iTunes or Google Play for the podcast, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Oh, absolutely.